guys, welcome back. <laughs> Episode nine, part two uh, of <laughs> Midlife Millennials. And uh, we're going to kick it off with what is Yo Poison? What are you drinking this morning? Yeah, uh, I'm Stacy, by the way. That was Mandy. It's okay. Mm, there are no rules. Well, so for me, it's afternoon. So I am drinking a mango white claw because I'm now like officially on summer break. Oh, nice. Summer school's over. My summer work I had to do for my science committee is over. So I'm like, today is my official first day of my summer break. Excellent. Excellent. Very cool. Uh, for me, it's still morning for me here on the west coast and i am drinking my second cup of coffee which probably explains a little bit of uh the the um what would you call it malarkey uh, that we started out with this morning i love that word malarkey there's also that chef brian malarkey who's in san diego by the way oh i've never heard of him he's a chef is he yeah he he was on one of those shows it didn't last very long. Ooh. It was one of those like cooking competition shows and he was one of the judges. One of the many. Gotcha. I actually, I swear I ran into him when I was up at UCSD one day and I went to a Starbucks nearby and I'm pretty sure he was like rushing out of the Starbucks. And I was like, <laughs> wait, I think that's Brian Malarkey. <laughs> Why I would know that is <laughs> bizarre, but anyway. I don't even know how. I don't exactly follow chefs. Yeah. Like, I don't know who any of these people look like except for Gordon Ramsay. Right. <laughs> That's because that bloke yeah. is everywhere. He is. I, he's my spirit animal at times. I invoke him. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Do you like shout orders at Josh when you're making like dinners or something? No, but when he makes his spaghetti, it's absolutely the most delicious thing I've ever had in my life. And I love it. Um, but just to fuck with him, I, <laughs> this is horrible. <laughs> what are you doing? Get out of the kitchen. You obviously don't belong here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so. You need to like, t as hard as it would be because it actually tastes good, you need to like take a mouthful of it sometime and like spit it out <laughs> in the trash because that's what he does on like, um, yeah. oh my gosh, on uh, Hell's Kitchen all the time. Yeah. God, that is awful. Isn't he vegan now? Gordon Ramsay? Oh, I don't know. I don't I'm know. I'm pretty sure on his TikTok he talks about being vegan now. Wow. Well, I mean, when you're a chef and you've eaten just about everything at its finest, you're probably like, oh, I'm going to try to make being a vegan like super glam and awesome. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe he makes the most delicious things, I'm sure. I probably don't have the time or the energy or the money to to make everything out of vegetables. So <laughs> I also just like meat. I'm just a meat eater. <laughs> In, yeah. not in a dirty way okay <laughs> i like hamburgers <laughs> and steak you like to gobble the sausage a bit get out of my kitchen <laughs> i do enjoy a bratwurst on occasion i literally just spit i literally just I, i've never done a spit take oh my god i wish that was filmed i just spit my coffee all over <laughs> I can't believe that happened, and nobody was going to witness it. It's not worth it. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. Okay, das ist gut. 
<laughs> ja, jawohl. Just do a whole episode in German. Okay. I digress. But what I'm drinking is coffee. <laughs> My second cup, but I'm doing <laughs> uh but I put white chocolate mocha in it. So mm. yeah. Yum. It sounds exciting after that whole rant. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so before we start, well, I'm, I have two things to start with this morning. Number one is I have to make yeah. a correction to last week where we were talking about Jean Benet Ramsey. Yeah. And I was like, this isn't this isn't sitting right. The time frame here is not correct of when I remember like watching this trial. So I went back yeah. and looked, and Jean Benet Ramsey's case is considered a cold case now. It was never solved. Um, so what I was remembering was Danielle Van Damme, which was another, it was super famous where we were because it happened in California. Um, and that was, that was awful. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so we watched at your sister's apartment, the one with all the cockroaches, <laughs> um, we watched his, the dude's trial for that, but she was another little girl that was like, you know, murdered by some creepy dude. And of course, who calls me out after the episode airs? <laughs> I'll give you one guess. Who called me out? Deb. Yes. <laughs> My big sis. She's like, just so you know. And this is a text, right? She didn't this tell me this. Voice. This is how I imagine the text. <laughs> just so you know. That wasn't JonBenet Ramsey because her case has never been solved. And I'm like, yeah, I know. Like after we stopped recording, I was like, this is not right. Let me look it up. <laughs> And then I was like, I know it was Danielle yeah. Van Damme, <laughs> but you didn't know that. <laughs> oh, so you fact check the fact checker. <laughs> I love my sister, but sometimes that's the way I take her texts, which now she knows. She'll know when she listens to this episode. <laughs> yeah. Every older sister is like that though. I, I, every older sibling I feel is like that. They're, they have to be right. And not, not out of like any kind of, you know, negative, meaning but just i'm the older sibling therefore i know more than you do so <laughs> you... Right. she always has to like assert her age i don't know and wisdom yeah. Yeah. <laughs> which is fine sometimes i need that <laughs> oh we all do yeah <laughs> love you deb <laughs> so the other thing is i am like maybe this is why i'm having the white claw i am in a bit of pain today and not oh. from a bratwurst. And not from the front. I my horse my, <laughs> my horse threw me a couple days ago. <laughs> and I've been very good. Like she's been kind of testing me lately. And we were going through this kind of muddy area. And I was following my mom. My mom was like on her horse ahead of me. And um we went through the mud and my horse already hates mud and she just decided she was not going to have any of it and try to buck me off. And I was not paying attention because I was talking to my mom about what new riding breeches I wanted to buy. <laughs> <laughs> so I was not being, you know, 
aware and I should have been. Um, and man, I stayed on as long as I could. And my mom like whipped around on her horse and she's like, hold oh, no. on. And like, by the time she had said that, like I was already like half off the horse and I just gave up. I'm like, I, there's no way I'm pulling myself back all the way back up. So I just kind of like let myself fall. Yeah. Well, the scary part was when I looked up, I saw my mom and on her horse and they just like went over <sighs> together into these reeds because we're like riding in this marshy area and it looked from my perspective like the horse landed on my mom and i like jumped up i'm like mom it was like slow motion you know and i'm like running to the reed and i get over there because i can't see it was like this downhill slope so she like fell further than i think she realized but it was at least caught by like all the soft squishiness underneath but um I get over there and she's already getting up and she's like, I'm okay. <laughs> oh my gosh. Like, oh. like I was just the adrenaline's rushing, you know, and I didn't realize. Of course. Yeah. yeah. I didn't realize how sore I was. Like instantly she landed on her shoulder. So she Oof. was in a bit of pain, but we're both okay. But the next day I was like, Ooh, like my left hip hurts. I've got like this huge bruise on my left hip. And then oh my gosh. like in my inner thighs are like all bruised up. Like I, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and then yesterday I couldn't lift my right arm at all. Like I can lift it today, but yes, Holy. I, need, I need this white claw. <laughs> it's making oh me my cry. gosh. That's my dramatic that story. Is, that is Everybody's incredibly fine. cinematic. Oh my God. Right. And the horses are fine. The horses are okay. Horses are fine. Sure. People are right. fine. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, she didn't get away with it. I got back up, uh, back on and rode. And then she got a workout yesterday. She gets a day off today, but tomorrow, tomorrow she's in for it. Back at it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. I'm, I'm really way. glad that you guys are okay. Yeah. I'm really glad you guys are okay. I'm sorry that you guys have to deal with all the aftermath pain. Uh, but wow, how, <laughs> and how eventful that's, yeah. that's incredibly insane. It was, yeah. Oh yeah. Well, that's one way to put it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We're alive and now we can laugh about it, but yeah, I will be sore for a few days. <laughs> All righty, let's get into some topics here. We were talking last uh, last time about uh, some really eventful things that happened in our life in our in the past, you know, decade or two. And um, I don't know where exactly we left off, but um, I know that we have uh, a lot well, more. Well, I was encouraging like a anthrax recurrence. I don't know what. <laughs> weird um (laughs) things got weird things got weird i i (laughs) i dove a lot more into conspiracy theories since then too so i'm i'm full of them well we were really specific about events last time and today we kind of have like the more general things that were going on yeah as we grew up um not as many specific things but kind of like some overarching themes um but I'm curious, what what um, conspiracy theories have you looked into since? <laughs> um, well, a lot of it is uh, like current stuff. I I did dabble a little bit more in like the. Um, it's still probably a little too soon to to go for the nine eleven conspiracy, but uh, a lot of these um, 
like, like okay so here's one that i learned uh water bottled water okay real there's this german guy mm-hmm. that i follow um he's a water sommelier or whatever he calls himself um he's awesome he it's his bratwurst like <laughs> he seems a, a little bit on the um vienna sausage side no i'm just kidding <laughs> as if i know well, don't they pack those in water like oh, in yeah. a little can yeah and they pack them tight so hey you know that's so, fine if um, he's a water dude then i guess it makes sense anyway yeah. <laughs> i digress i prefer my tuna in water too if that makes any consolation <laughs> me too who eats tuna in oil i see it I in the know. store and i'm like ew that just sounds unappetizing i know like maybe if you're making i don't i don't know i don't know what you would do with that Anyway, uh, so water. Okay, bottled water. Um, purified bottled water here in America. There's just, there's so much that Americans are not aware of that the rest of the world is like, um, yeah, kids didn't know about that. Mm-hmm. What the fuck were you doing the past decade? And then I'm like uh, drinking purified bottled water thinking it was actually hydrating me when in fact it is just highly processed tab water. And really what you want to be drinking, in fact, Fiji is one of the best that American america has uh is a spring water and it's got all these minerals and one of the main ones which is why it tastes so amazing is silica which is a mineral um it just makes it really smooth so if you've got a water or sparkling water or something that tastes really smooth check the silica level because if it's over like 250 then you've got a good water that has at least that mineral in it but um you want all of the minerals in it purified water has been stripped of all of its minerals which is why they have waters like uh propel or something like that gatorades have these two where they they put in electrolytes and these minerals that are electrolytes that are naturally in spring water are non-existent naturally in the purified uh bottled water so i and then america is like no drink bottled water here drink all this aquafina and all this other stuff and and which I don't know if Aquafina is a spring water or not. But anyway, um, we've been told that this bottled water is like super hydrating and that we should drink like, what is it? Half of our body weight in ounces a day. That's not the case. That's absolutely not the case. The reason why you they're saying you have to drink that much is because they are giving us bottled water that does absolutely dick for us. So that's a conspiracy hmm. that i enjoyed learning about now <laughs> america is trying to dehydrate well, I remember us seeing something. <laughs> <laughs> i remember seeing something and i don't know maybe it was the same guy if you follow him on TikTok. Mm-hmm. but there was a video about um like the your amount of options for buying bottled water in the stores like in europe compared to here yes and you can buy these like 12 packs like everything's in glass too yes like most everything's in glass out there Mm -hmm. and you can like buy these like refillable bottles and stuff, but like you can buy like these crates, 12 packs of like really nice water in glass bottles. I don't know. It just looks really cool. I wish we had more options. Yeah, me too. Me too. And Fiji water's like, I will say I'm living, I am living in the land of everybody has a well out here. Perfect. There you go. and uh, so, yeah, I mean, sometimes like you really still should be responsible and have your water tested because like there's, you know, pesticides and stuff and things that get right. like down into the groundwater and think like if you're not careful, because there's a lot of farming and if people are not like using uh, correct farming practices, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, you can get all kinds of issues. So I don't know. I mean, have your well tested regularly, but yeah. Um, 
I thought it was interesting. I never thought about this before, but when I first went to the dentist, when I moved out here and the place I was living was on a well and she specifically asked me like, where are you living? And are you on well water? And I'm like, yeah. And she goes, make sure that all of your products that you're using, like your um, mouthwash and your toothpaste and everything has fluoride in it because cities put fluoride in their water. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when you have a well, you don't. So like, I'm sure like ingesting fluoride is not the greatest, but when I moved to where I am now and I'm actually on like city water and there's fluoride in this particular city water, I was like, oh, I feel like I, I actually felt like better about it. I think because I was used to, I came from a city and like got used to having that. (laughs) And like, now I'm like, oh, my teeth will be at least a little bit better. I don't know. There's a lot of people out here missing teeth. I'm just going to put that out there. Like they clearly do not have fluoride in their products nor in their well water. So (laughs) I'm like, at least even if I'm ingesting it, I will still have teeth when I die. There you go. (laughs) That's the hope. (laughs) Your original teeth anyway. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. So yeah. All right, everybody. Drink um, Fiji. Okay. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. yeah. I don't think I ever drink it because it's usually like super expensive. Yeah, that's that's what sucks. It's almost like you can you can almost go through the grocery store and the most expensive things are probably the things you should be buying. And that's another. That's even further down the rabbit hole, girl. Because <laughs> yeah. Uh, so what can poor people afford? Okay. Poor th- things that are cheaper, right? The bad yeah, stuff. Things that are horrible uh-huh. and awful for you. Macaroni and cheese, uh, any craft product for that matter. Um, you right. know, a cardboard uh, inside of a cardboard box. Yeah, exactly. And then <laughs> with powdered cheese. Okay. So yeah, all of these horrible, awful things, that's all they can afford. Okay. Well, we can keep control over the pot, over, uh, the demographics, specific demographics, because they're mm-hmm. impoverished areas uh, yeah. by putting a bunch of fast food by them and, and, and making f- the healthy food really, in it really expensive and, and out of reach. So mm-hmm. there's another thing on, on uh, controlling the populace, but that's, that's, that's just going to go further down the rabbit hole. <laughs> right. Well, there are some like legit documentaries and stuff about food deserts and how they're um, oh, yeah. primarily in areas, non white areas. Um, right where yeah you just the people in that population are i mean not only do they live in a food desert and they can't they don't have access to like fresh produce and things like that yeah they're forced Mm -hmm. to kind of take what they can get but also like they tend to not have um hospitals nearby good schools like you know there's just all of that kind of goes together and it goes back to a very horribly racist history that we have been, uh, you know, kind of seeing a slight resurgence in some areas <laughs> lately. And it's kind of, it's really kind of disheartening and sad when we think about yeah. like how far we kind of felt like we were coming as a society to like what the reality is. Like there's just so many angry people out there, just yeah. miserable, angry people and it's, I don't really know what else to say about that. It's just really horrible. Yeah. Um, so let's move on to a couple good things <laughs> that have happened in our millennial lifespan. Um, so, I mean, speaking of race, we had our first black president with Obama. Yeah. That was a huge deal. Um, yeah. 
And then, and of course you served two terms, which was cool. Um, And marriage equality has really become a big thing. So like starting in 2015, um, you know, that same sex marriage was legalized and yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. That's, that was incredible. And yeah, I mean, there was like that whole, um, and then thereafter, very soon after, there was the whole like um, wedding cake issue where there was uh, more conservative wedding cake providers or bakers, whatever, that weren't still weren't mm-hmm. on board. I think now, though, and yeah, it's been, what is that, six, seven years, almost eight years now? Mm-hmm. Almost, no, 11. What's that, like 11? No, nine years. I don't know how to do math. It was a while ago now. <laughs> It was a while ago now. So, you know, yeah. yeah. So we still, we still have, we had a long way to go, but now I think, I mean, there's other things that have definitely taken the front line, but now it's just such a normal thing, especially here in like California um, for same sex Mm -hmm. marriage. And it's nice to see in my lifetime, something, you know, be um, put into action a lot, you know, saying that, love is love. And and yes, you can absolutely marry the person that you're in love with, um, no matter their sex and see that that's become a normal thing now, you know? Um, right. And and part of that too, I will say is your, to some degree, your perspective, because you've been living in a city for a long time. Um, Mm -hmm. it is very eye opening to be in a more conservative, part of the country and still not like conservative, like deep South conservative, but like seeing how many people are still so against same sex marriage. And it's, I mean, there was just um, the Supreme court case that just went through about the woman that was like refusing to make like wedding websites for same sex couples. And the thing is she had never even been asked to do it. It was just (laughs) like a hypothetical And then the Supreme Court sided with her. So now there's concern that like, okay, some of these things that have been, you know, legal for the last eight years, you know, aren't could be rolled back. Yeah. And now people can sort of discriminate based on your marriage preference, which is so stupid. Yeah. On one level, it's like, you know, it's if it's your business, you own this and you have a religious or a belief, a stance that you, you know, you, you would not, you don't want to serve it. Like, okay, you, you have that prerogative. This is a free country. You, you have that prerogative. Mm-hmm. Don't outwardly be aggressive about it. Like, don't, don't make it like before there's even a, a gay couple that wants to, you know, use your website or use your bakery, you know, don't go out there and be like, uh, before any of you trample on my, you know, my business, I don't want it. Like, there's no reason mm-hmm. for that. <laughs> you can Stop just, Karen. right. You can just very <laughs> kindly say, you know, I, I apologize. This doesn't, this doesn't coincide with my, with my belief system. And, and I feel really uncomfortable, you know, providing this service to you, but I can recommend some very awesome, very, you know, probably more what you're looking for, you know, X, Y, and Z. So basically there's ways to talk to people. There's ways that you can actually treat people like humans, but still have mm-hmm. your beliefs, still have your your, your opinions, you know what I mean? And I, right. that's, that's where we've gone wrong in this country is nobody knows how to right. talk to people, have a conversation. And I think with this one versus the cake issue, the cake issue was like a, um, like a discrimination kind of case is how they put it, where this one was like a, 
First Amendment freedom of speech kind of case, even though like I see them as basically being the same thing. Mm -hmm. But for me, from my millennial perspective, like I believe in same sex marriage. I think you should be able to marry who you want to. Um, Having been a, you know, straight, white, you know, (laughs) hetero (laughs) woman who's been married and divorced, like, you know, I think you should find who makes you happy. And if you want to marry them, then you should be allowed to. So, but what I would do now, I also have a sister who's gay and is married. I have a sister who's bisexual. Like I want to be supportive of them and be an ally Mm -hmm. as much as I can. So Mm -hmm. I personally would go if, if I was getting married and needed to order a wedding cake or needed this wedding website, I would look for businesses that do support those same things and give my money sure. to them. Absolutely. 100%. You're supporting a cause that you believe in. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's beyond uh, any, you know, religious or anything like that. Any, any parameters of that, if I, I would rather support, you know, a, a business that believed in me too, you know, mm-hmm. So. And it's so like the general idea behind all of this too is like it is so fucking hard to find somebody that makes you so happy that mm-hmm. you want to spend the rest of your life with them. To then oh, yeah. have to have all these stupid complications around just planning your wedding because somebody else thinks you shouldn't be marrying that person. Yeah. Like right. get the fuck over it. They're not marrying you. You know, you choose who you want to marry. Like you're not invited to the wedding. (laughs) Yeah. All these arguments. I was just talking with a friend about this the other day about like, this particularly comes from men most of the time where they're like, well, it's fine, but I just don't want to be the one who gets hit on. I'm like, I'm sorry. (laughs) Like how many women are even coming up and hitting on you, let alone dudes? Like you're not that special, (laughs) you know, like it's just all these ridiculous hyperbolic situations that probably would never happen. And honestly, as women, how many times have we been hit on by dudes that we don't want the attention from, but because it's a guy hitting on a woman, it's okay. Yeah. Like I'm just supposed to put up with nasty dudes, (laughs) but you can't put up with like some guy might approach you and offer to buy you a drink. Like you should, you should feel flattered, dude. (laughs) <laughs> that's what they would tell us right yeah. better. <laughs> anyway but yeah i do still wonder like how is this still a thing like as millennials we kind of grew up with this like we had friends that were coming out in high school we had like mm-hmm. we just kind of grew up being supportive of this to now they're still in 2023 being freaking court court cases going to the supreme court about this i can't talk right now i'm sorry all affected my face i don't know (laughs) Um, but like it's just it baffles me how is this still a thing yeah (laughs) and it was the same thing when they took away abortion rights because we were we grew up with that it was already in place long before we were born so to see a right that specifically targets women yeah. is in having that right taken away, whether, and you know, I mean, honestly, a lot of this just comes back to the religious beliefs. That's typically what a lot of this um, pushback is founded in, but people forget like the U S is a huge melting pot of 
religions, non-religion, you know, people from all over right. the world. That's what made us the country we are in the first place. Like right. you, just because your religious text says this doesn't mean somebody else's does. And that shouldn't affect somebody's health choices in the first place. So to just have that revoked when it was something that we were used to having yeah. is, is just kind of eye-opening, like, oh, yeah, we maybe as millennials, we need to start pushing a little more politically because look at the people that are running our country. They're all like 80 and have one foot in the grave. Like, right. <laughs> how are these people yeah. still running the country where the most of most of us that are the working populace are millennials, Gen X? Like, we don't really have a whole lot of say. Yeah. And now we see things being taken away that we... I don't know. I think we just got comfortable. Our generation got comfortable and we shouldn't be. Yeah. And here's the thing. I think that Generation X, like some of the mid Xers and older Xers are the ones that really fought a lot. Like my sister, for example, um, was very leading in in um, medicinal marijuana and uh, the, the marijuana movement to legalize that um, for um, for various different things, not not specifically recreational, but more so for people who are suffering from debilitating diseases that are absolutely excruciating. Um, mm-hmm. And and so she was a, a, a lead on that here in San Diego um, with with uh, that movement. So I know that a lot of Xers are responsible for kind of firing up a um, fight the, fight the system, fight the man, kind of, um, no labels, like just this real, um, rebel generation. And then because I, in my opinion, because they, they fought for us, like, you know, we kind of were able to sleep a little bit, like take the back seat, like, okay, they got this handled, but now it's our, our turn. I feel like now we, we need to take that, um, that staff and continue on that journey Mm-hmm. you know, that they started with a lot of things like, no, we don't have to worry about marijuana anymore. Like that is almost widely, I'm pretty sure almost entirely legal, um, everywhere. And now for recreational as well. So. Right. We, I looked this up. There's something like, um, about 10 States that don't allow it medicinally or recreationally, but pretty much the majority mm-hmm. of States at least allow medicinal and then others that, allow both. So Colorado was the first one to allow recreational marijuana in 2014. And then of course, California followed, (laughs) followed, you know, (laughs) end of the West coast. Um, New York just allowed it in 2021 recreationally, but there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of like legal issues going on with like pot shops popping up that are not necessarily, they call them like sticker shops. Um, Mm -hmm. They're not following rules. So For sure, yeah, um, there's still some of that out here too. Yeah. 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 Rated. So there's been like, <laughs> especially being in like a small town where all of a sudden there's like four pot shops that like <laughs> pop up on one road <laughs> and uh, then they're like getting raided and shit. And it's like, what the yeah. hell? And yeah. then most everybody's just growing it in their backyard anyway. Oh, for sure. Like it's, I mean, the uh, fact that they were able to find a way to tax it and sell it, I'm, I'm just baffled by it. Cause I'm like, 
this is ridiculous. Like big pharma is making so much money because they can't <laughs> tax things like dandelion root and these tinctures that people are making now that are 100% better for you than antibiotics. And because they can't tax a plant or market a plant like that and make, make as much money as they're making now, um, Maybe another conspiracy theory. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> but uh, oh yeah, I just don't even. Yeah, I don't don't even get me started on big pharma. But anyway, um, it, it baffles me that that they were able to do that with marijuana. But I'm fine with that because that made it accessible. So that's okay. And like mm-hmm. nobody has to worry about unless you're driving, like getting in trouble for it or having too much on right. you. You know. So right. I mean, it's but, basically the same rules as drinking and driving. You know, you yeah. just don't drive under the influence of anything. Like yeah, even, you. even your basic medications, like Benadryl is like, this can make you drowsy. You probably shouldn't drive, you know, right. <laughs> like right. anything that you can put in your body to alter your, you know, mental state yeah. in any degree. Like it's probably not a good idea to then get behind a vehicle that could kill yourself or someone else. So, yeah, for sure. Yeah. You know. uh, just touching, <laughs> yeah. Touching back on, on, on abortion just real quick. I wanted to say, you know, I, it, it's, it's, you're never going to make everybody happy. Here's the thing. You're not going to make either side happy with a one or the other. Now, the bottom line is, is the people that you should aim these, this legislation towards are the people who are directly affected by it, women. And as long as the, the laws abide by their human rights in terms of this is my body, my choice, all of that, um, then everybody else needs to just stay out of my business. Like there's no reason for you to have any say or any opinion. I, I, you can have your mm-hmm. opinion. I understand that. And, and I respect it. And I think that that's beautiful and it's wonderful, but I'm not going to allow the laws that are made, or I, I, I can't stand by laws that are made that are going to side with you when it's my body that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. And it just, it, it, it comes down to like, just stay out of other people's MF and business. This is not yeah. your business. I don't care about the statistics. I really don't. It's sad. You know, maybe there are some people who use it as birth control. I don't give a fluff. That's not your business. It's not my business. Right. If they want to use and fuck up their body that way. Okay, fine. Like what? Like, oh, mm-hmm. this place is overpopulated as it is first and foremost. And secondly, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> secondly, secondly, it's not your mother fluffing business, bro. Like, well, and that's the thing, especially when it. it's dudes that are making these laws for women. Oh, sure. For like, sure. This is something that you will never, ever, ever in your life have to deal with as a man yeah. because yeah. you physically can't do this, but you want to regulate it for us. Yeah. You just and there's a shit ton. Yeah. <laughs> right. And there's there's a shit ton of, of birth control that women can take and implants and shots and things that fuck up your body tremendously. Mm-hmm. Um, where's all that for men? No, oh, they, they just get, get freaking boner pills. Boner so pills can, and, and condoms. And have, like, there's been so many like <laughs> stories about this too, but like men can very easily go out and make many, many babies. Women like <laughs> Even if you were constantly pregnant, you can only have one every nine months. Right. They could have yeah. nine every one month. Like, you know, if they really wanted to. 
Right. <laughs> so, so who's the real problem here? Right, yeah. <laughs> and stop trying to get into my uterus. <laughs> stop trying to get stop. Hands off my eggs. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> But it is, it's really scary because now you see like all these reports of especially Southern states where abortion clinics are completely gone. And the thing is, they didn't just provide abortion services. That was one of many reproductive services they provide. And so people that are women that are trying to get pregnant and are trying to, you know, start a family, like those places can provide support for that. And now they can't even get that kind of care. Like, that's the really scary thing is like, yeah, abortion was a part of it. And honestly, probably a pretty small part of it, because most of what these places like Planned Parenthood are promoting is just reproductive health and education around how your body works and how you can prevent a pregnancy, you know, and things like that. So you don't get to the point of having to decide whether or not to have an abortion. And it also provided services for women who um, have like ectopic pregnancies, pregnancies that can actually kill them. And now they don't have, you know, any kind of access to a service that could save their life. So it's really scary. It's, you can't just make these sweeping decisions and think it's really only for one thing because it's not. There's so much more attached to it. And yeah, now you have doctors leaving these states that don't want to get charged with some kind of, you know, legal issue. They don't want to be sued. So they're going to go places where they know that they can practice the medicine that they know how to practice and right. not feel like they're going to lose their license when they're trying to help someone. Yeah. So yeah. it really is. It, it really is scary. And I hope that more millennials will wake up and get out and fucking vote because it's the only way that we can change a lot of these policies is get these old ass people out of office. Let's get some people who like understand what real life is like, not these people who've been just sitting in Congress for 40 years and are so right. out of touch with what most people in the United States are dealing with, you know. Like even, I mean, we're looking at possibly another freaking Trump and Biden presidency thing here, like a election at the moment, like just based on polling and numbers. And it's like, yeah, I don't like either like of these neck. people. They're old as fuck and so out of touch. Like, I, oh, <laughs> <laughs> we, need, we need more people running. And like, I can understand why nobody wants to either at this point, like, Look at the publicity, like all the negative publicity you get. They just rip everybody apart. Why would you want to, you know? Yeah, seriously. So now we're also kind of keeping good people out of politics in the first place. But anyway, I mean, we're trying to start on some positive things, but we've kind of... So I was going to kind of, as we were talking about like um, same-sex marriage and like marriage rights and stuff like that, one thing that we wrote on here about like some big life changes we've seen is just divorced parents, which I think became a lot more mainstream when we were kids. Oh, for sure. I mean, my parents are divorced. Your parents are divorced. Yeah. It's very rare to find um, millennials who have parents that are still together. I agree. Um, yeah. Yeah. 
And so we kind of looked up some of the statistics, you know, and we know divorce rates have lowered, but also just marriage in general, people just aren't getting married. Right. So if you're not getting married, then you can't get divorced, right. you know? <laughs> um, yeah. So I looked up, so I was on like the U.S. Census Bureau site and I was kind of looking up like how they do this. And um, they, so there was a couple things that stood out to me. So the first one, this little tidbit of information says the national marriage rate for 2021 was 14.9. That means that 14.9 out of every thousand women. So basically every 15 out of a thousand women um, aged 15 and over got married in the past 12 months. So 15 out of a thousand women, but they're considering women at the age of 15, which the whole fricking child marriage laws are fucking nuts, depending on the state you're in. Like, I'm sorry, not even an 18 year old should be getting married. Your brain's not fully developed. (laughs) (laughs) This should not be a thing. And that is a whole other podcast rent for another day. But it's disgusting. If you're marrying a 15 year old, what the fuck is wrong with you? There's a lot of things. Yeah. Um, a lot of things wrong yeah. with, with what they're doing with kids under 18. Yeah. And then the, yeah, the national divorce rate for 2021 was 6.9. So, you know, it's, it's low. Um, but I had to, I had to search this part. It says um, that, so the estimates are shown for women only. And it says, well, <laughs> while the Census Bureau publishes estimates for both men and women, we have restricted this visual- visualization to data for women since the intention is to provide a digestible look at trends in, the, in marriage and divorce. Historically, women's data have been presented when a choice needs to be made. <laughs> <laughs> Previous research found that women, are more, uh, women more often report data for themselves and report their marital history more accurately. There you go. <laughs> and I was like, I am not surprised. No. Because <laughs> women are responsible. I'm pretty sure they're <laughs> the ones that are mostly responsible for making the decision to get divorced also. Like, I mean, my my parents yeah. were different. It was my dad's decision. But, I mean, there's, there's obviously mm-hmm. those cases. But I, I, I want to say, and I don't know this for sure, but I feel like, women are the ones to pull the trigger on that um, more times than not also. So yeah, having I, that information. I don't have the data here either, but I'm pretty sure you're correct. It is the majority, majority of the time it's women that ask for the divorce. Yeah. That was my case. <laughs> yeah. But the thing is, the other thing that goes along with that is like, by the time a woman is asking for a divorce, they have tried everything. Yeah. <laughs> because that's what we do. We're we're nurturers by nature. Like we're problem solvers. We want our marriages to work. You know, we want there to be peace in our households and we will try everything and put up with shit for way too long. Yeah. So by the time a woman is asking for a divorce, like you done really fucked up. Right, yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of pride that goes into that too. I mean, I, you don't want your friends <laughs> knowing necessarily that things are not going peachy keen. So you try, mm-hmm. you know, without the help of your friends or you try without, you know, leading on and you're trying and trying and trying. And then, you know, you, I'm sure for the guys, it's probably a prideful thing too. You just, you don't want that stigma that comes along with having to make that decision. Even if it's the decision mm-hmm. that's for the best, like for you and your kids and everybody involved, like sometimes that is the best decision, but I think pride has a little bit to play in that too. 
um, mm-hmm. women are. I will say, and I, I kid you not, this is a conversation I had with my ex-husband. When we got together, that when we were just dating, he flat out said to me, um, I want this to work. So if we break up, you're going to have to call it off. <laughs> flat out said that to me. And then when we were talking about getting married, it was, well, um, I want to stay together forever because I don't want a life like my parents had where they're divorced and blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And it was almost like now that I think back on it, to me, it was kind of like a guilting me into like, if I had those thoughts, like now I'm the bad guy and it's all my fault. You know, he's already said he's sticking with me through thick and thin. So clearly if I'm the one that asked for the divorce, like this is because I can't stick with it or can't tough it out. You know, it was, it was sort of manipulative, honestly, but I, I bring this up because I think a lot of men have that same mentality. Yeah. Men, Mentality. Men. Ah. <laughs> um, and, but, but I think it is like they just, they want what they want and they want it their way. And then they're not going to be responsible when things go bad. And, and it's really like, well, you're not really thinking about the practicality of it, that people change whether you want to or not. Life will force you to change. Absolutely. And Sometimes that change means that now you and your partner don't work anymore. And that's a risk that you take when you are with anybody. Yeah. I think we've mentioned this before uh, in a previous um, episode. Uh, but there's, I don't remember the name of the philosopher, but he, he spoke on how people change. And I, he may not have be, been the only one, too. How people change every seven years. There's like this, the rule of seven yeah. type thing. Um, and... I mean, that's why the seven year itch kind of thing. I feel like that's where it came from. It's, you know, we have this cyclical sort of thing. We, we evolve on not just a macro level, but on a micro or vice versa, micro level. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) So on a small scale, yeah, we we evolve constantly um, throughout our lives and, and you're literally trying to live your life with a completely individual, different human being who is also evolving as you go along. So, I mean, honestly, if we were, if we were high of, of a, an even higher intelligence, I think we'd be able to just look at each other and be like, you know, I think we've changed, but not together, not in alignment. So, you know, I don't think that this is going to work out anymore. And both of you just be like, yeah, you know, a good run though. The past 14 years we did, we did well, but we're no longer the same, (laughs) you know, but well, everybody romanticizes marriage. Yeah. And it's just going to be this forever love. And we met in high school and we're going to be together for 50 years and we're going to this and this and this and this. And it's just, that's so unlikely anymore. Yeah. And I don't know. I mean, statistically, and I'm part of the statistic that (laughs) unmarried Single, childless women are the happiest, <laughs> according to many, many <laughs> studies. And I'm like, I can see why. Yeah. And I think partly, like, as millennial women, we're certainly, we were raised to be much more independent. Our mothers, I think, started to see that value of our daughters need to be able to stand up for themselves. 
so they don't get stuck with no skills and no way out of a bad situation. Yeah. And I think our moms did a really good job of that with you and I. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I don't know where I was going with this, but yeah, like I can see, I can see where that statistic is like the way it is. That doesn't mean we don't want companionship, but we have standards and we're not willing to settle yeah. anymore. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to get so, a little, a little sappy here, but I, I really lucked out. I really did. I found the mm-hmm. exact version of me We're we've been together for 10 years now. Um, and this mm-hmm. uh, next month will be our, our two year anniversary as a, as, as a married couple. Um, but 10 years of knowing each other and we've gone through a lot, as you all know, a lot. And I am fully confident at this point in my life that I found the other version of my soul, that the, the mirror reflection. And, um, we just, we don't fit into any statistics. I do not fit into any statistics. I, (laughs) I'm an OG feminist. The new radical feminism is not for me. Um, I do have a little bit more conservative views as I'm older, but I am 100%, uh, I guess more leaning liberal with like things like abortion, women's rights and, and, and a lot of other stuff. So I am, I am not, and I don't think that my marriage is either, um, anything that would fit in any statistics. And I, I love myself and I pride, pride, I love myself. (laughs) I I love that about (laughs) us. I love myself. Um, (laughs) but I pride myself on that because I think there's more to life and love and marriage and relationships than what we, uh, in society label and what we put on it. We we're, we're thinking, we're just scratching the Mm -hmm. surface of these kind of relationships and these dynamics that we have with each other and really understanding that we're completely different creatures, each of us from each other because of our brain and because of who we, what we are, what species we are and how we've evolved over the time. So we're just, we're, we're not giving ourselves enough credit. And I, I feel like, um, maybe, maybe some millennials are kind of catching onto that subconsciously. And that's why marriage is not, uh, the first thing on their mind, but instead cultivating rich and meaningful relationships with each other. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that doesn't necessarily mean, um, marriage, right? It doesn't have to be right. You can have rich, meaningful relationships with friends and be very happy, never having, you know, that kind of relationship. I mean, there's just, it's, it's very fluid now. I think there's just a lot more acceptance of different kinds of relationships. And I love that. interesting i really want to if we have some of our male listeners on here i really want to get some men on our show to get more of their perspective on some of these things definitely if you want to be on our show and answer some random questions like i think as women we just have questions for men because we don't understand some of their (laughs) some of their like i said we're completely different species i want to understand you yeah yeah (laughs) please tell me what what relationship do you have with your mother we have two different chromosomes like i don't (laughs) mine are the same (laughs) women 
our balance. Yeah. <laughs> We're balanced with the XX. Yeah, but, um, <laughs> just in general, like we'd like to get some other perspectives. So if you ever feel like you want to be on our show, catch us on uh, Midlife Millennials on Facebook and send us a message. Or you can email us. We do have an email, millennials1986 at gmail.com and uh, send it our way. Or if you have just like a little story you want shared, you know, that kind of thing. Um, but uh, Mandy, I'm curious to know about your ew <laughs> this week. Alrighty. So my ew this week, um, it was going to be anxiety. As you well know, I've been battling that a little bit this week. But I wanted to get into something a little bit goofier, like mother fluffing microbiome. I'm not going to go too far into it. You all know what it is. <laughs> It's disgusting, the human body. Like what you need to take your probiotic for? Yeah, but I, but even beyond that, so there's like good, obviously we know good bacteria, bad bacteria, flora, fauna, and all this in our gut that helps to move shit along, literally. Uh, <laughs> you have the most disgusting things living inside of you and on you. And it's just, I just want to take a minute to just indulge in, not indulge, but, uh, you know, sit with the fact that you have, there's like a bacteria called like Arcana that is absolutely awful and does horrible things to your gut and your poor good microbiome are like no get out of here you're a bad guy and <laughs> you know there there's this constant like is it there all the time though you will the I bad mean, one? well the bad one you really shouldn't have in there all the time but you can't avoid it i mean it's it, you oh. get it from doorknobs shaking hands with people who who you know have you get it there's no way for us to really avoid that sort of thing. And that's what's ew about it is that you can't avoid having all of these microorganisms all over you and inside of you. Like, and that just, that just brings me to this beautiful thought. <laughs> we all think we die alone and like, it's dark and, you know, we have to travel that road by ourselves uh, when we die, but we're really never alone. <laughs> We have millions <laughs> and billions of little guy, little critters all over us and inside of us. <laughs> you know, I was, I was really considering getting a pet to have at home, but now I realize I already have them. You already have them. <laughs> My ill this week is um, the like, so I love like spinach and kale and stuff like that. And I love mm -hmm. getting like the, the pre-washed packs or whatever. Um, that come in like the plastic, you can get them at Walmart or wherever. Um, but they're like the big, big plastic container and you tear off like the plastic sheet on top. And um, for whatever reason, the spinach is the worst. And uh, you'll get like the sludgy pieces of spinach in there. God. So you're just going along, minding your own business, having your salad. And then you eat a sludgy piece Ugh. that tastes horrible. Oh my God. And the texture is very... It just it's uh, not pleasing so sludgy, sludgy spinach um i had a really funny like dating story where i went <laughs> i went on a date with a really creepy dude and he was talking about massaging greens he got mad at me when i said like i i'll just like i don't cook anything in particular like i just throw stuff in a pan and just make it taste good and um he goes well have you tried massaging your greens and i was like <laughs> 
Mm-hmm. Dude. And like now I'm visualizing if someone were to come to your house for a party and you had a salad, you would have had your nasty little fingers in there like squishing up all your greens. <laughs> and he tried to he tried to convince me that it was like it's a thing. Maybe it is. It's a thing. Like massaging your greens makes these like oils come out and makes it taste better. But I'm like, yeah, but then it's gonna be limp. I don't yeah. <laughs> I don't want to limp. Salad. I like um, crisp salad. Now, when I find the sludgy pieces of the spinach, I think about that dude and just how creepy that was. And <laughs> no. maybe someone massaged that particular piece before it went in. Oh my god! <laughs> anyway, so uh, Arcana yeah. bad bad bacteria and uh, sludgy spinach. Ew. Ew! Ew! They're probably like friends because <laughs> they're both ill all right so oh we have some exciting news this week and i posted it on facebook um we are now available not only on google apple spotify but you can find us on amazon music and audible now and we got another follower my friend janine started following our page what um, up janine so shout out to janine out in san diego um but uh, we have 81 followers now oh we are almost there, there. We almost We need 19 there. more of you to get to our 100. 19 more, and we're coming up on our 10th episode. episode. 10. Yep. Yeah. So stay tuned. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And uh, I don't know how to end the show. Right. Give us a good one-liner, Randy. <laughs> oh no! You know what? I will. Uh, I will say what the Zivata connoisseur says. Uh, that was a little bit French, but he says, "Remember, water is not just water. Wasser ist nicht Wasser. Wasser ist nicht Wasser. Nein. <laughs> Guten Tag. Guten Tag." Anywho. Maybe we should uh, actually do our, our show here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which, weren't those like the fairies in Sleeping Beauty? I could swear. Flora. Fauna Flora, and Meriwether. Fauna Meriwether. Yeah. Like, ew. Ew, Disney. Where the fuck did Meriwether come from? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> I like that better. Doing meow meow paradics.